0: a creator named Taylin Michael. Taylin Michael, that guy is doing an amazing job expanding the kingdom of God. He got touched and he launched a YouTube channel. Two million people following him on YouTube. You're the biggest solo Christian creator now on the platform. You haven't walked this fast in years? Well, let's go a little faster. Hallelujah! (laughs) Hooray! I didn't come for dead religion. I didn't come for some washed up sermon. I came for the power of God. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, breakthrough's in the room. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, healing's in the room. When the Holy Ghost is in the room, new levels are in the room. I said the joy of the Lord! It is your strength. What God does in one, He'll do in another. What God's done in my life, He'll do in your life. When you touch someone in faith, when you reach out and touch God with faith, you get what you're believing for. It's this simple. Believe the Word, stand on the Word, act on the Word, operate in faith, never walk by sight. I said religion will teach you lessons. Only Jesus can give you life. But you can't lose if you stay in the realm of faith. My generation, your generation, this generation shall be saved. Hello, welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. Today I'm going to teach you a very important spiritual lesson. This is how to pray for financial increase. If you've stuck around at all and you're familiar with this channel, you know every Wednesday morning at 1130 a.m. I teach you what the Bible says pertaining to the topic of finances. Why? Some people get all angry. I, I just heard recently, it's so funny. And I hope he hears this because I'm so, so confused by it, but it is what it is. Morning, Megan. Good morning, AJ. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Tracy and Zach. I had a guy, I was preaching a message like I'm going to preach today. And uh, when I was preaching that message two years ago now, I suppose, as I'm preaching that message, this guy sows $10,000 into our ministry. He was, that was the biggest A financial seed that anyone had given to our ministry at that time and it was actually an answer to prayer it was like it was a financial miracle for us at the time and i'm going to tell you about it before the end of the broadcast i'll tell you the story behind it and why it's a miracle but this guy sows 10 grand into our ministry and then i find out like the other day that two years later now he thinks I, i talk about money too much when like my teaching on money changed his life But now, and he like so much so that he gave $10,000 to our ministry. And now he thinks we talk about it too much. So I just think that's, that's too funny. But anyway, if you think we talk about money too much around here, we do talk about it purposefully one day a week. And if you don't like it, you can just pack your bags and get on out of here. But the Bible talks more about money. Listen to this. I want you to get this. The Bible talks more about money than any other individual topic in the Bible. More than faith, more than healing, more than prayer, more than anything, the Bible references financial prosperity. Somebody type this in the chat for me. Type this, God wants me to prosper. God does not want you barely scraping by. God wants you to prosper. And then type this in the chat as well. God is not offended at my prosperity. If you can get this revelation, it will change everything about your life. God is not offended at your prosperity. When you receive nice things, the Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Who do you think is blessing you with nice things? Who do you think, now my friends are the ones that got me this Rolex, but it's God blessing me. It's God taking care of me. It's God moving on the hearts of men and women to do his will. God blessed me to pay for a Cadillac in cash. God has blessed me to wear the best, eat the best, drive the best, live in the best, As a matter of fact, as we speak right now, as we're we're on this live stream right now, God is building a mansion for me in heaven. As you're on this live stream right now, this is how much God loves you and wants to take care of you. God is building you a mansion in heaven right now. Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many apartments. There are many trailers. There are many tents by the river of life. No, he said, in my father's house. There are many mansions. God is not offended at your prosperity. You must catch that revelation. You must understand God wants me blessed. The devil wants me cursed. What do you want? Deuteronomy 30 You must choose this day life and blessing or death and cursing. God wants you blessed. He's paid the price for it 2,000 years ago. He wrote it in his word and he already, it's a written will and testament full of covenant blessings for you. The inheritance is already paid for. You just have to tap into it. The devil wants you cursed. The devil wants you broke. The devil wants you sick. The devil wants you busted. The devil wants you disgusted. And everybody will say, well, the Bible says we will suffer things, 100%. You will suffer things. You'll suffer persecution. You'll suffer people hating you. Jesus said, they hated me, therefore they will hate you. You will suffer things. You will suffer trials. But the Bible says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer, for there's a, a an answer booklet, a manual. Kind of like if you remember in high school when you used to take those tests, there was always an answer key. Someone type this in the chat. The Bible is the answer key for life. You remember your history teacher They'd like give you a map Project All right, You have to memorize all the states All the nations on this map And then when I give you the empty map You have to fill it in There was always an answer key The teacher always had the answer key It had all the right answers To the test The Bible is the answer key To every test in your life There is a verse There is a chapter There is a book in the Bible That will fix any problem in your life Answer any solution that you need in your life. It is available for you at your fingertips in God's Word. So today I'm going to teach you what the Bible says about praying for money. I want you to write this down. This is huge. This is the number one thing you must get today about finances. Number one, the Bible never tells you to pray for money. Someone will come to me. I have people all the time at. How do I pray for finances? How do I pray for my harvest to come in? How, how do I pray for financial breakthrough? The Bible never tells you to pray for money. You do not when I when I received this revelation, when the eyes of my understanding were enlightened. I stopped praying for money. I don't pray for money anymore. I don't have to pray for money. The Bible never tells me to pray for money. The Bible never tells me <laughs> To pray for money. You don't have to pray for money. Why? Here's two things you never, here's two prayers God will never answer. Number one, anything God's already done for you, he'll never answer your prayer. If you pray for something that God's already given you, he will not answer your prayer. Number two, he will never do something for you that he told you to do. So if you say, God, lay your hands on this sick woman and watch her recover, he told you to do that. Jesus said, you lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. So God will never answer a prayer that he's already given you in the covenant that you have with God. Financial prosperity is part of your covenant. It's already yours. There's over 6,000 promises in the Bible that belong to you in your Abrahamic covenant. And the Bible says all His promises are yes and amen. They're already written. They're already in your inheritance. They're already in your genealogy. Jesus said it is finished. The covenant's been written in the blood of Jesus. It's already done. It's already yours. He supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. If He'll take care of the bird of the air, if He'll take care of the of the worm in the dirt. A lot of Christians think they're worms. If he'll feed birds in the air, he'll even clothe a flower in the field. How much more will he take care of you? Birds never lack. Flowers don't lack. Even worms in the dirt don't lack. If God will take care of the smallest parts of his creation, how much more, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, will he take care of you? And the Bible says God gave you his son. How much more will he freely give you all things? So when you understand the revelation that what you want is already yours. What you desire financially is already yours. Your financial covenant is set in stone. It cannot be changed. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3. I feel like I need to teach on this a little bit more. And then I'm going to teach you how to get financial increase in your life. Make sure if you're jumping on right now that you hit like and you hit share. If you're watching on Facebook, please share this on your timeline. So we can get the word out for people to hear how to pray for financial increase. If you're watching on YouTube, give this stream a thumbs up, share it with somebody. If you're listening on podcast, I know we have a a good amount of people that listen to our podcast. If you're listening on podcast, do me a favor. Share this on Spotify or podcast to your Instagram and tag me in it. I like to see where people are watching in the world. And if you're watching right now on YouTube or on Facebook, take a picture on your phone real quick and go on Instagram and tag me. My handle's right here. I love to see where people are watching from in the world. And it blesses me. Galatians 3, verse 13. Listen to this. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So that we might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Write this in your notes. The promises of Abraham belong to me. The promises of Abraham belong to me. Go to Genesis chapter 12. What did God promise Abraham? Abraham. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Abram at the time before he changed his name, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. God told Abraham, I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you can be a blessing. So you're not looking for financial breakthrough. You are actually meant to carry financial breakthrough. Any person in covenant with God has been blessed with the same blessing under Abraham, that your name shall be great in the earth and you will bless those that bless you. God even told him, listen to this verse three. And this is God's on my type this in the chat. God is on my side. God is on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? And this is the covenant that you have. It says here in verse 3, I, this is God speaking, Jehovah, Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh, This is the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God that split the Red Sea for Moses, the same God that caused water to come out of the rock, the same God that sent plagues on Egypt, the same God that delivered the Jews out of Egypt with all the silver and all the gold and not one was feeble among them, the same God that fell on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights and shook the entire mountain, this same God, and this is what he says in verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. You better tell your friends, get around me. I'm blessed. Better tell your family, get around me. I'm blessed. Better tell your colleagues, stay around me. I'm blessed. If you want to be blessed, get around me. God said he'll bless those that bless me. If you want to, if you want to move up in life, if you want to break through in life, if you want to go over in life, you better get yourself around me because I'm going up. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Someone type in the chat, get around me. Said, I will bless those who bless you. And listen to this. He said, who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I will bless those who bless you. And those who dishonor you, I will curse. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. He said, your enemy might come towards you. Or against you one way, I will cause him to flee from you seven different ways. Anyone that gets around you is blessed. And anyone that gets that comes against you, they don't have to fight you. The battle's not your battle, the battle is the Lord's. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat had three massive armies coming against their nation. And he cried out to God. He fasted, he prayed, he said, Lord, help me. And the Lord showed up. Let's just go there together. Go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I want to show you. I'm going to show you today the spiritual law called the law of lift. This is the law of lift. Technically, in the Bible, it's called the law of faith. But I'm going to show you how the law of faith works. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, listen to this. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. So three massive armies coming against Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are on Tamar, that is in Gedi. Verse 3. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. And proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So this is what happens. I'll just tell you this as a side note. If you want to see breakthrough in your life, if you ever don't know what to do, fast and pray. If you ever don't know what to do, fast and pray. If it seems like enemies are coming against you, fast and pray. You have a covenant with God that says, you're guaranteed if they come against you one way, they will flee from you seven different ways. If you find yourself unsure, fast and pray. Always seek the face of God. If you don't already know what the Bible says about a a certain thing, fast and pray. God will show you. God will show you by the Holy Ghost. So three massive armies are coming against Jehoshaphat. Look at what God says to do. Go down with me for the sake of time to verse 14. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 14. Make sure you're liking and you're sharing. Hit like and hit share. Hit like and hit share. Verse 14. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jeriel, or Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. So the Spirit of God descends when they're fasting and praying on Jehaziel in the assembly. And he said, listen, this is what the Lord said, listen, all Judah And inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid. And do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle is not your battle. But the battle is the Lord. Someone type in the chat. The battle belongs to God. The battle belongs to God. If you try to flesh spiritual things out in your own strength. You will fail. If you try to tap in to your spiritual covenant with the strength of flesh, by leaning on the arm of flesh, you will fail. Now, I hate the cliche, like, let go and let God. Just let go. (laughs) Let God. People always have it. People that are, like, in a constant war with depression or anxiety always put that in their bio. Even though they don't even take their own advice. It's always the person that's on like 14 anxiety medications that has it in their bio. Let go and let God. And then, it's, and then there are scriptures like Jeremiah 29, 11. Let go and let God, amen. Those sing carry underwood. Jesus take the wheel. Take it from my hand. Now, I, I don't like that stuff. But there is some truth to it in this sense. You have to learn... How to tap into the spirit by resting. Your covenant and your faith is in full operation when you are in a state of rest. Meaning your mind is still. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. When you're you're still. Not when your mind's going a million different directions. Your faith cannot work if you're in a state of timidity or anxiety. Paul wrote to Timothy, The Lord has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and soundness of mind. The way you access the power of God and the Holy Ghost is with soundness of mind. Your mind cannot be all jumbled. You can't be going a million different directions. How is this going to work? Oh my gosh, I got three armies coming against me. What am I going to (laughs) do? Call a fast, pray, chill out, seek God. And when you do... God will show up and he'll tell you what to do. So this is what he said. Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow. Go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeroboam. I want you to write this in your notes. Excuse me while I wipe my nose. Write this in your notes. The Lord will expose your enemies. When you fast and seek God, not only will he give you the victory and give you the solution, he will identify to you and reveal to you where the problem is. He told them, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by. And then he begins to lay out the enemy's battle plans. The devil doesn't have any new plans. He's a loser. He's not smart enough to come up with new plans. Remember, it says he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for a weak-minded Christian. He's looking for somebody that doesn't know their covenant rights and doesn't know their God. But the Bible says those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. He's looking for somebody that's not strong. He's looking for somebody that can't do exploits. The devil's looking for someone whom he may devour. Someone type in the chat, I will not be devoured. So when you seek God, not only will he give you the solution, he'll expose the battle plans of the enemy. And he'll tell you how to conquer them. He said, you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. I want you to get this. You will not need to fight in this battle. Now don't get confused. There is spiritual warfare. The best spiritual warfare that you can have is your life hid in Christ in God. When you're in the will of God, when you're in the plan of God, when you're doing what God says, God will fight your battles. The only fight you have to fight, the Bible says, is the good fight of faith. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and might and dominion. But don't forget Ephesians chapter one, that the Bible says, when God raised up Christ, he raised you up together with him, seated you in heavenly places far above, not a little bit above, not a head's length, above far above all power, principality, might, and dominion. You do wrestle against them, but it's a, <laughs> they're, they're in a losing battle. The only wrestling you do is have to kick them in the top of their head because they are beneath your feet. The best place you can be, the Bible says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. My life is hid in Christ, in God. The battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. It says he stands around or he guards, he surrounds the righteous as a shield of fire, as a wall of fire. The Holy Ghost is around you as a wall of fire. I remember listening to a testimony from John Ramirez. Who is an old satanic high priest. And this man, he operated in deep levels of witchcraft. He said he would astral project. He'd come out of his body. He'd like cast spells and curses and stuff. Whatever they do. It's all equally weak power. But he would be in the spirit realm. And he would be casting spells on people. And he found out that there was a group of Christians down the road. And so he went to go cast a spell on them. And they were actually standing in a circle praying together in other tongues. And he said as he went to cast a spell on them, it bounced back as if it hit a wall. Came back against him, knocked him off his feet. He said he almost died in the street. It hit him so hard when it bounced back to him. And he had a conversation with the devil himself, like a day or two later. And he said, what happened? He said, oh, those are spirit-filled Christians. We don't we don't mess with those ones. Someone type in the chat, the devil doesn't mess with me. Witchcraft can't mess with me. Spells can't mess with me. Curses can't mess with me. Any weapon formed against me shall not prosper. It'll bounce back and almost kill anybody that comes against me. It might come against me one way, but it will flee from me seven different ways. Any weapon, any plan of the devil, any fiery dart is quenched by the spirit of faith, by the shield of faith. I put on the armor of God. And I fight in the arena of faith. It's a good fight. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Verse 17, you will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be dismayed and do not be afraid. And this is what he says in verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. Hallelujah. And it says this, verse 21. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing from the tribe of Judah the Lord and praise him in his holy attire as they went before the army singing, give thanks to the Lord. For his steadfast love endures forever. And they began to sing praise. And the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon. This is what I want you to write down. Highlight this in your Bible. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. As you begin to lift up God with your voice, as you begin to praise God and sing his praises, the enemy's camp will be ambushed by all of heaven's armies. As they began to sing and praise... The Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. When Jerusalem, when Judah began to lift up their voices and sing praise to God, the enemy's camp went into derision and began to fight each other. As you lift up your voice and praise God, the devil fights himself. All the devil's armies will fight each other and they, get scur- and they all die. They all fail. But it's the power of praise. This is the law of lift. As you begin to praise God out of your mouth. This is how to pray for financial increase. Someone once said. The highest form of prayer is praise. Someone type in the chat. The highest form of prayer is praise. How do you pray for financial increase? You praise it into your life. How do you pray For the enemy to get his hands off your finances, you praise it into your life. When you're a tither, when you're a giver, when your finances are in covenant with God, you just begin to lift your voice and say, thank you, God, the harvest is on the way. I'm a tither, I'm a giver, the devourer is rebuked for my sake, the windows of heaven are open over my life, you pour out such a blessing, I don't have room enough to store it all. You have a covenant, a financial covenant with God. The law... Of lift. The law of lift comes from aviation. If you ask pilots, hey, how does the law of lift work? Well, when something gets moving at a fast enough speed and gets just the right angle on the wind, the law of lift does not destroy gravity, but it defies gravity. The one thing that can hold a plane down, the law of lift allows it to defy that thing. So anything in the natural... That would hold back your finances Anything in the natural That would stop you from increasing financially As you begin to praise God and lift your voice It lifts you up The very thing that would hold you back You defy that with the law of lift By letting God's praise come out of your mouth Someone type in the chat I will praise God Praise Him that it's already done Praise Him that He's done it before And He'll do it again Praise Him that you have a financial covenant And you walk by faith and not by sight And listen to this. We're not quite done. Verse 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, and precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in taking the spoil. Not only will you get exactly what you're praising God for, but it'll take you three times as long to collect it as you thought it would. Three days. Three days it took for them (laughs) to Pick up the spoil from an enemy that they didn't even have to fight. God fought the battle. I don't know about you, but I'll take that any day of the week. Amen and amen. How do you pray for financial increase? You praise God that the money's on the way. The Bible says, as his people lift up their voices in praise, the earth yields its increase. As you praise God, your seed that's in the ground yields its increase. The earth, it's a spiritual law that as you praise, increase happens. It's impossible for it not to work. As you praise, increase happens. I'm going to tell you a beautiful story of how this happened for me. And then I'm going to pray for you to have financial increase and miracles in your life. I remember this would have been about two and a half, almost three years ago now. I needed financial breakthrough bad in my life. And uh, I had $600 in my bank account, <laughs> which is just crazy to think now. You know, like I, Yesterday I woke up and the Lord spoke to me. The first thing I did when I woke up, he said, send $1,000 to this missionary. And I didn't even feel it. To think how two and a half years ago, $600 is all I had in the bank. And now yesterday morning I wake up and the first thing the Lord tells me to do is send $1,000 to someone. And I don't even feel it. I actually forgot that I did it until they texted me later on that day and said, man, thank you so much. (laughs) The blessing of the Lord. It makes a man rich and it adds no sorrow. So I remember having $600 in the bank and I've got this $600 in the bank and uh, the Lord speaks to me. I needed financial increase and breakthrough in my life. And I said, Lord, what do I do? I've been tithing I've been given, but I need I need a breakthrough. I need something that I haven't had before. And he said, give something that you haven't given before. You want to see the increase that you'll feel when it hits your life, give something that you'll feel when you give it. And at that time I had given tithes, I had given offerings, but I had never given a sacrificial offering. I had never given something that like made me sweat. The Bible says those that sow in tears. Meaning that it moves you to tears because you give something so precious to you. They shall surely come again, reaping with shouts of joy. So if you want to reap a harvest that makes you run around the building, leap, jump, and shout for joy, you got to sow a seed that brings you to tears. That's the reality. And that's what I did. The Lord spoke to me and he said, you got $600 in the bank. Take 540 of it and give it to this individual. At first... I did not want to do it Everything in my flesh said don't do it But I knew I had to do it So I took that $540 and I sewed it into that individual Later I found out that they needed financial breakthrough They they were, for lack of better words, broke And this individual, this minister, he was looking at a specific suit And he really wanted this specific suit And it cost $540, but he couldn't afford it. And that same day he was looking at that suit, his wife was looking at that suit for him, I think for a birthday present. That same day that she's looking at that suit, I sent $540. So God was getting that man his harvest, and he was getting me good seed in the ground. Someone type in the chat, there's a miracle coming my way. Oral Roberts used to say, every day there's a miracle either passing you by, or coming into your life, so I sent five hundred and forty dollars to that individual, and I had sixty dollars left in the bank, and I had a trip I was getting ready to go on in a week down to uh, Florida from Iowa. So I needed, and all that was paid for, but I needed gas money, I needed food money. That sixty dollars was supposed to last me the next like two weeks, and I had rent coming up, I had bills coming up, I I had probably eight to eight hundred to a thousand dollars worth of um bills that I had to pay in the next like week And I didn't have the money I had sixty dollars in my bank account But not one time did I let myself get into doubt or unbelief The devil would try to speak things to me. He He would say stupid things like Uh, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna pay your rent? Those thoughts, you know, they would come they would come cruising by but a great man of god once said Birds can fly over your head, but it doesn't mean you have to let them nest in your hair So although thoughts may come and thoughts may go, you don't have to let them make a nest in your hair. Don't let a a lie from the devil. Don't Don't allow a thought of unbelief to stick around. The Bible says we cast down, we take captive every thought and imagination that would attempt to exalt itself above Christ, which is his word. So any thought of unbelief or doubt that would enter your mind, that attempts to exalt itself above what the Bible says, cast that thing down. Cast it down. Take authority over it. Take it captive and make it obey Christ. Make it obey the word of God. And so anytime those thoughts would come, I'd just lift my hands and praise God. I would just say, thank you, Lord. You are not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I know that you, you give back 30, 60, 100 fold for anyone that sacrifices for the gospel. As I give it is given unto me, good measure, good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over. Men are giving generously into my lap. I thank you now that the angels of the harvest are bringing in my harvest. And I would just begin to praise God out of my mouth. I never let doubt or unbelief come out of my mouth. And so I remember sitting in the room one night. We're down at this conference. We're, We're day three into the conference. And these thoughts are really coming at me. You got about four days till you have to pay your rent, till you got to pay this bill, pay that bill, and you've got to get back to Iowa. How the heck are you going to do this? And I just began to praise God. And I did a little dance in my room and I said, I thank you, God, that the money is on the way. About three hours later, we're at this conference. And a great man of God walks up to me, shakes my hand. He didn't know I was going to be at this conference. I, I had a good feeling he was going to be there, but he had no idea I was coming. So I wasn't even really expecting to see him, let alone say hi to him and shake his hand. But he came up to me, shakes my hand and says, hey, I didn't know you were coming here. I'm so proud of you. And you brought your team. And he was like so pumped to see me. He said this, am I a financial partner with your ministry yet? I said, no, sir, you're not. He said, starting today, I'm going to have my accountant overnight you thousand dollars and I'm going to give you thousand dollars a month every single month from today on. And he didn't know that that morning I had two extra withdrawals come out of my account. So I had $60 in my bank account the day before and I'd used that to eat and gas and everything. So I had almost $0 in my bank account. Then I had two bills for uh, student loan debts get taken out of my account that I forgot about. And I had an overdraw fee. So I had negative $233 in my bank account. And he comes up to me and he says, I'm giving you $1,000 and I'm going to give you $1,000 every month for the, basically the rest of your life. And to this day, two and a half years later, he's given $1,000 to this ministry every single month. So I went from having negative $233 in my bank account to having a little over $700 the next day so I could pay my bills, get back to Iowa, and I did not lack. The Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. When you act on the word of God, he is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. So I would just praise God. And as I lifted my voice in praise, the money was already on the way. Someone type in the chat, the money is on the way. As I was lifting up my voice, the money was on the way. As I was praising God that his word is true and let every man be a liar, the money was on the way. As I lifted my voice and praised and did that little dance in my room, the breakthrough was already on the way. God had my answer on the way. And he's got your answer on the way. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for you today to experience breakthrough like you never have in the area of finances before. I'm going to pray that today God takes you to a level you've never tasted in the financial realm in Jesus' mighty name. And before I pray for you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to act on the word. I'm going to give you an opportunity to partner with what God is doing here in this ministry in our vision to reach 200 million people for Christ. I'm going to give you an opportunity to partner with us as we continue to feed 2,000 kids each and every single month in third world nations through an organization called Feed the Hungry. This is a handwritten letter by them thanking us for the over 30,000 meals we've provided for them now by the grace of God. And we just passed 100 online evangelists that we're raising up. My vision is to raise up 1,000 online evangelists. So I want to give you an opportunity. Ask the Lord. I encourage you, I challenge you, ask the Lord today, Father, what would represent a seed that would break me out? For me, it was a $540 seed. It was like 95% of my net worth that I sowed, that God spoke to me to sow, that took me out and took me over. And brought a miracle that to this day, that seed has provided over $35,000 in harvest. That seed is still providing for me today. He's still one of our biggest partners in our ministry on a monthly basis because of that one seed. The Bible says, those that sow with tears reap with shouts of joy. Ask the Lord, what would represent a sacrificial seed that would break poverty off of my life forever? Maybe you have a business. Maybe you have a ministry that you've been believing God for breakthrough in. I encourage you to find a seed that would break you out. The same way it did for me and god is no respecter of persons what he did for me He'll do for you So i'm going to give you a moment to get your seed ready and we're going to pray together And as we pray I'm going to believe god for a financial miracle To happen in your life The same way it's happened for me We've been able to give over a hundred and thirty six thousand dollars To other ministries worldwide already this year So thank you for partnering with us in this vision. I'm very excited for what God is doing here. And I believe he's just getting started. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, every person under the sound of my voice, I join them in faith. I partner with them in faith now. You said in your word in Matthew chapter 18 that whosoever would come together and touch and agree, the prayer of agreement shall be answered for them. So, where two are coming together right now, I join my faith with them now in Jesus' name. And I thank you ahead of time that what we're believing for is already on the way. Angels, ministering spirits, go cause the word to work, and cause every harvest to come now. I declare financial miracles are breaking out in people's lives. I break and cancel every strategy from hell to hold them back. Every opposing weapon from hell that would hold back their financial prosperity. I destroy it now. I send it back to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. Satan, take your hands off of every harvest now. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that this would be the greatest year that they would have. Starting today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Praise God. I thank God that he's not a liar. And that his word is true. Amen. And amen. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving. The different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash App is Dollar Sign Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal at RevivalWay. You can also give through our website, Revivalway.com. There's a link in the chat. You can tap that link. You can also give through uh Super Chat on YouTube. Thank you for your giving. And the people that watch these live streams and listen to this podcast are very very, very generous already. So we're very thankful for your generosity. I pray for all my partners. I believe it is impossible for someone to connect their finances to this ministry and not to increase. Because God is increasing this ministry tremendously. I thank God for you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Look, if you know that God's called you to preach the gospel, I want to give you an opportunity to check out one of the greatest Bible schools on the planet. And you can watch this video. And don't forget to join us tomorrow at 1130 a.m. sharp. We're talking about the three greatest prayers that you can pray, the three most important prayers. Tomorrow I'm covering the last one, number three, and it's going to be a life-changing message. Do not forget to join me tomorrow morning at 11.30 a.m. sharp. I love you. I bless you. Adios. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first incoming class and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year we're going to train them up in what they need to know in the bible what they need to know legally what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry if that's you the information is on the screen right now i'd like to hear from you don't pull it off i'm jonathan shuttlesworth and i'm waiting for your call